Welcome to Sparks and Recreation, your source for info on community events, meta-analysis, and everything Hero Realms. Part of the Realms Rising Network. Heroes of the Realms, welcome to episode 25 of your favorite bi-weekly Hero Realms podcast that loves to focus on community events, Hero Realms strategy, and everything else under the sun that we can think of. I'm one of your hosts, Matthew Jigmalinkba-Rooks, joined as always by my right-hand man, Tim Agent C13 McKenzie. Uh, welcome, my friend. How's it going, Tim? <laughs> It's going good. I want to know why I'm not your left-hand man instead of your right-hand man. Well, I'm it's What what if I want to be the left-hand man today? Okay. You're <laughs> anyway, man. You're my left-hand man. <laughs> and that means I guess Sammy is my right-hand man. Uh Sam Scrapforce Parsons, how are we doing today? Man, I'm feeling right. Oh. Um <laughs> I'm doing all right. It's it's been one Hell of a week. And guess what, guys? In two days, I'm going to leave the country again. I'm going to Portugal. So I'm happy. He's going to his parents' basement again. Yep, that's right. I I just go on these vacations and I I, I search pictures from uh, Zabuza's Facebook page because he actually has a life. And I post them as if it was me. I just Photoshop my head over his face. And it's it's amazing. (laughs) All right. Now, Sam has already mentioned our, our special guest here. So we might as well jump in and welcome a very special guest who's joining us this week. Casper Held, otherwise known as Zabuza, is our special guest for episode 25. Thank you for joining us today, Casper. Thank you very much, Jake, and hello out there uh, to the realms. (laughs) Awesome to have you. I I have to say a very special thank you for getting up at like, 3.30 3.30 in the morning or something to record yeah. with us. Incredible. <laughs> of course. Indeed, yes. It's my pleasure. And you're, and you're even dressed and like it looks like you may have showered also. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the case. Okay. Well, oh, we are, out of bed. <laughs> we are indeed uh, podcasting from three different continents or three different regions across the world today. Wow. Uh, Japan, the yep. U.S., and uh, Denmark. So yes. uh, Denmark, I, I know, is not a continent. It's Europe, but uh, <laughs> you, you, you know what I'm We're, we are <laughs> truly an international, uh, intercontinental uh, breakfast b- podcast. Um, last but not least, <laughs> certainly, our own diamond one, Chris Double Doves Wahlberg. Thank you for joining to- us today, bud. The Toaster Boy. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. It is I, the Toaster Boy. <laughs> You don't know what that's all about. You got to catch the Twitch stream on Wednesdays. Uh, Yeah. Happy to be here, guys. Very excited that you could join us, Casper. Super hyped to get uh, your take on everything today and and just uh, get to know you a little bit. So, yeah, as everyone else already said, thanks a bunch for getting up early and spending some time with us here today. Glad to be here. Good stuff. Um, I also just want to give a quick shout out and welcome to any new listeners who are joining us. I know we've gotten some new listeners who found the podcast either through the in-banner or the in-app banner and or the Dungeons Kickstarter. So welcome to all new listeners joining. It's a pleasure to have you have you here. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. 
Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to our our new patrons here uh, since the last episode. Uh, we we have had three more people sign up to uh, help support our our podcast and Hero Helper, and so I want to give a big thank you to uh, Stephen Shepard, uh, Mega Murray eighty eight, and DNA Searcher. Uh, the three of those folks all signed up. And uh, thank you very much for, uh, you know, giving a little bit of your hard-earned money to help us do the and fund the things that we like to do. So we appreciate it. And speaking of those things, I'll do a quick update on Hero Helper stats. Um, So we have 81,669 games that have been logged on Hero Helper. 79,777 of those are PvP. 1,892 co-op. I think there might be a small preference in our user base. Uh, Speaking of users, 143 users now with 15,085 unique heroes tracked. So if you are curious about your stats, go on to hero-helper.com, register. From that moment on, my friends, we will keep track for you. No need to keep a spreadsheet. No need to write in your journal. Hero Helper is there for you. Check it out. Uh, it's cost us money. We're not getting anything for it. We're doing it for you and us, of course. We love you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and be on the lookout. If your name contains any spaces, it won't work. That's correct. <laughs> that is correct. I will also provide uh, personalized customer service if it won't work for you, like I did for Zabuza when I found out. <laughs> yeah. name weirdly had a space in our database. So Yeah. I think <laughs> maybe it's back because mine isn't working right now, but... Oh, yes, we'll have to check that out. I meant after that happened, I meant to uh, add a like a a verification step to be like trim the input, make sure that wouldn't happen, but it hasn't happened yet. (laughs) We're gonna make a new segment where we do some real time troubleshooting for hero helper problems. There's gonna be like two people that find that interesting. The rest of the and both of them are on the podcast. A lot of not about that project. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Zabuza, you just signed yourself up, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it is going to be an awesome episode. We're going to be kicking it off with the what would you do? We're going to transition over to a main focus where we chat with Casper here, get to know a little bit about him, the Rums Rising website, Discord, all that kind of stuff. After that, we're going to be uh, going into a campaign play section where we discuss um, just a, a little bit of a focus on what it's like to play through the campaign, some some tips and just general discussion there. And then last but not least, we'll close it out with some community roundup so everyone can get a sense of uh, what's happening in the community right now. Stay tuned. What would you say you do here? All right, everyone. Welcome to What Would You Do? Tim's favorite segment that has initials in it of all the segments. (laughs) Maybe. So (laughs) (laughs) for this one, we have one of the most uh, dreaded matchups of them all. We are playing as a fighter and we are up against a cleric. It is a level 12 battle. We are 
uh, have Whirling Blow, which puts us in a good position uh, against the Cleric because it is the one that has the option to draw two or it can deal a bunch of damage based on the champions. Um, our opponent has purchased uh, Close Ranks and we have not made any purchases yet. Um, we do also have knockdown which is great against the cleric and we have the helm for our armor which is gonna we, we kind of have what i would consider to be the optimal configuration for facing a cleric as the fighter so while it's a bad matchup it is looking as good as it can so let's talk about the road next we've got um a wolf shaman a wolf form varic rake master assassin and deception all on the row and uh if you want to see this for yourself there's a link in the show notes or you can go to the discord server and see all the discussion there where you can also submit your own what would you do if you want as well so anyways um that is the row and then in hand we have a throwing axe we have the upgraded shield bear and we have three gold so the question is what would you do and we'll kick it over to zabuza first to find out what he would do on this row well, I think I, I will do as uh, Tim always, always does and pick up that wolf shaman right away. No, <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Uh, as many of the other users suggested on Discord, uh, I would probably burn my whirling blow for, for that uh, sweet draw too. And uh, if I'm lucky, I get that two goal and can choose from wolf form and deception. Uh, my... Fighter game isn't as strong as many of you other guys, but I would probably go wolf form uh, here. Um, and if I'm l- unlucky and only get one gold, uh, then I think I'd just buy two uh, two fire gems. Okay, awesome. So yeah, the um, breakdown in the community was that. Um, it was pretty evenly split, actually, as far as the knockdown, whirling blow, uh, fire gem, and even the wolf shaman. It looks like uh, fire gem was, you know, pretty highly voted for and actually tied for the whirling blow um, as far as if people would go for that or not. Uh, the first person that will look at was mega marie who said steady consistent damage is key you don't want to fill the deck with market cards and it's way too early for whirling blow so it looks like she probably would have bought the uh fire gem there i think and then we had jadux who said for me my main concern with the first deck is economy with only three gold in hand i'd just grab a fire gem then we had uh logan k stewart chime in saying that whirling blow hope to get enough economy to snag deception and that even if you get the double bladed axe or the sword you'll have enough damage to draw off the axe in hand uh due to the helm so you have really good odds at getting the two gold and that knockdown he thinks is suboptimal here since the cleric will just heal that damage away in short time um so after that uh we had noodle chime in uh to tell us about reaction emojis never mind scratch that (laughs) uh uh, then we had user cafe say that his ultimate goal would be to try to build towards rake 
Um, and he doesn't know if whirling blow here or just buying fire gems does that better. He'd probably buy fire gems if this is one of his games, but trying to whirl a deception might be better, but also riskier. Um, and then this is where the conversation took a bit of a turn. I'm not going to get too heavy into the numbers, but basically, um, since we're drawing more than one card here, it becomes a good opportunity to use the hypergeometric calculator. And this is where you are uh, looking at how many cards are in the deck, what you consider to be a successful draw, how many successful draws you need, and then how many... Um, cards you're drawing and you so you kind of punch in all these different data points and it gives you a percent likelihood that you will end up uh you know drawing what you're hoping to draw so if you are interested in using the hypergeometric calculator uh first of all you can check out this conversation in the what would you do channel but also in the strats i recently did a post about this as well where i linked a google sheet or that you can copy to have your own hypergeometric calculator that I yoinked out of the hero helper sheet that Tim made. So <laughs> um, the Sounds one thing that, that I'll, one. yeah, yeah, it's really legit. The one thing I'll stress is that like, they are a little tricky to use because there's things within the deck. Like if a card in the deck draws you a card, you probably, you shouldn't count that as one of the cards in your deck and you only want to draw it if you draw more than one. So basically if you want to get into using this tool, um, it's there for you, and I would love to see you post about it in the Discord because there's lots of ways we can talk about it and like look at the numbers and stuff like that. So if that's interesting to you, uh, make it known, and we'll we'll have a chat about it. Yeah, and I think according to that calculator, the odds of drawing the two gold you need to buy either Deception or the Wolf Form it was 85% or something like that. I think it was like a five out of six chance that you will get enough gold to get one of those. Mm, yeah so yep uh with that in mind um oh well chris by the way what would you do in this situation why don't you tell us what you would do yeah so i can see where zabuza is coming from with the wolf form because it's so much damage the discard's going to slow the cleric down but i think i would try to swing for the fences with the deception there pairing that up is the kind of thing that can give you the explosive plays that the fighter can come from behind and try to win. And as user cafe also pointed out, you're developing your economy to try to make a push for that rake. I feel like if this fighter can get the deception and the rake somehow, um, you know, that's going to give us a swinging chance in this game to try to win an unfavorable matchup. So uh, I think I'm going to go blue man group as best I can. Okay. Yeah. I like all this, the stuff here. Um, this is a really difficult, and I think difficult one, and I think that's why Noodle submitted it, because that whirling slash is such a powerful deterrent and strong tool against the cleric that you really have to be sure that you want to use it if you're going to reach for deception or wolf form here. Um, just out of uh, um, what, what's the word? Just to, out of disclosure, Noodle told me that what he did was actually use his whirling blow get the deception, and he ended up actually winning this game because of that deception, right? So this is one of those hmm. situations where you kind of, you're probably going to lose this anyway as a fighter versus a cleric. So why not, as Chris said, reach or swing for the fences and go for something big that might not work, but if it does, it could win you the game. All that said, I would probably do something similar to Casper here and go for that huge damage from the wolf form. This will help me uh, take down the cleric um, champions that they put up and put the breastplate extra uh, 
defense on. This will help me get through that, help me discard a little bit. And even if I get deception, there's no guarantee I'm going to get any other uh, guild cards to pair it with to, to, mm-hmm. get, to take advantage of its uh, faction mm-hmm. ability. So while I definitely see the merit in swinging for the fences, and it actually did work out for Noodle here, um, I in the moment, I would probably end up going for Wolf Form. That's what I would do. Um, what about you guys? Uh, Sam, we'll go to you next. What do you think? So my initial thinking with this one was to hold on, and it's kind of a different take and probably not the best play, but, you know, whatever. That's what I think. So <laughs> anyways, my initial thinking is hold on to your... Uh, whirling blow, play your guard for the three damage, pop your uh, pop your knockdown, get three more damage, and then draw. And you'll probably draw one of those golds, and then you just pick up a fire gem. And the reason I would want to do that is because I want to hold on to the whirling blow because this is a breastplate cleric. And if they get that crazy, crazy draw going, then that is going to suck. Now, that said, I'm also a helm fighter and I have the double bladed axe. So it's possible that they may be uncomfortable with buying guards. And if that's the case, then I'm going to snatch up all the guards that I can buy. And that would be my strategy in this game is to kind of continue with that slow roll of the fighter, you know, pop your uh, your skill, uh, get that damage going every turn and then try to build up a little collection of uh, guards to help pop my helm and hopefully get some healing along the way to keep the helm alive. That's kind of the way that I would probably play this, but I think that you guys are probably going to put yourself in a better position. (laughs) So maybe no, listen to me, community. (laughs) There is no good situation here, unfortunately. I think it's all pretty (laughs) good. That's true. That is true. I think it's a wild punch uh, either way. Yep. I think my way is the more conservative way. And when you are in the win rate that the fighter has versus the cleric, you're probably more likely to lose in that way, to be honest. So that, but that's what I said on the discord and I'm going to stick to it. Damn it. (laughs) Tim, how about you? So uh, looking at this, uh, I haven't really looked at it until uh, we started recording and a couple things that uh, stick out to me. You have pretty much an anti-cleric build in this fighter, which is going to help you with the matchup. The other thing that I'm going to point out is it's a steel breastplate cleric, which in my experience with the fighter, you have the best chance of beating that sort of build um, as a fighter. Um, the, The Phoenix Helm and the more healing builds with either like Flock or Soul are even harder to beat the the steel and breastplate combination is like if you have to face a cleric as a fighter i guess that's what i want to go up against so um i mean as far as this matchup goes you probably got your best Hmm. situation for this fighter cleric matchup so Mm -hmm. um, uh i think what i would do here is i would i would pop the whirling blow uh looking at it you have the throwing axe, so if you draw one of your weapons with the helm, you're going to have enough damage to draw a third card. And in those third cards, I, I didn't do all the math, but like 85% sounds about right when I look at it um, and what's in there. And I would probably grab wolf form because in my experience against a breastplate cleric especially, 
you can burn them down before they get that wall built up. Yeah, with the it's race. The, yeah, it, it's it's the the Healy clerics that like you, they can just out heal you and you're you're in trouble. But when it's the breastplate, you can get them down and you can burn them down, and that's how you win that matchup. So I'm not going for deception, although that's I don't I'm not saying that's a horrible move or anything like that. I'm going to go wolf form and just get as much damage as I am I can and try to burn them down as fast as possible. And that that's the move that I would make. And, and in my experience with fighter, that's the way I'm going to beat that breastplate cleric. If I'm, if it's a different matchup, I might change that up a little bit, but that's what I would do here. Although I will say deception or even Sam's suggestion while more conservative is not necessarily bad. Like, those moves there. So yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not seeing any guards on the row, that sort of stuff. So like the chances that you're going to just be able to burn through champions uh, is better. So, yeah, there's something to be said too, for um, holding onto your whirling slash and hoping your opponent makes a mistake with it. I've won a few games against clerics who have forgotten that I have the whirling slash and build up these massive guard walls with uh, <laughs> pumping them up with the breastplate. And um, if I remember correctly, you actually get damage equal to all of the mm-hmm. guards defense and you can expend them all. So you, there's a chance if you have a cleric who's kind of misreading that the whirling, the whirling blow, you can get like a massive hit for 40, 50 damage uh, at once on a cleric if they're, if they miss it. So, there's something to be said for leaving that on the table too, but even though the chances versus a good player, it's not going to work, but you never know what will happen. Okay. I think that was pretty good. We got a good a variety of responses and ways to think about that. And that's the whole point of doing these. What would you do is just to kind of look at how different players value, uh, think about the play lines and strategies and how they would attack these different decision points. So um, once again, to put out a call to the listeners, if you have a good, uh, scenario that would work as a good what would you do, please submit it to us. Send us a, a, a DM on Discord or you can email us at the link in the, the podcast and we will definitely uh, put it together. We need a picture of your the game state, the board, your draw decks, and your discard piles as well. It also helps us to take a picture of the pause screen, which shows the level of the characters that are, that are playing as well. So uh, definitely always happy to receive submissions for those. All right, and that wraps up. What would you do? Next, let's move on to the main focus. All righty. Now our main focus today is going to be talking with uh, Zabuza about kind of his history with the game, or just as a person uh, working with uh, the Realms Rising website and just like participation in the community and everything. So uh, I guess my first question here is uh, how'd you, how'd you get him in, in, into hero realms? Well, uh, five or six, seven years ago, I started getting into uh, this crazy hobby uh, called board gaming. And uh, uh, at that time, Will Whedon, had had a, a, a game show on YouTube uh, mm-hmm. or, or one of the other streaming uh, uh, and Sundry, yeah, tabletop with Will Whedon, 
And uh, on that show, they had uh, Star Realms. And mm-hmm. as a side note, they mentioned uh, uh, that this game also ca- came in a fantasy variety. And uh, I looked, uh, I saw the video and uh, thought that this looks kind of my game. Uh, I need to, to try that fantasy version out. Uh, and yeah, ordered the, the, the box on on the internet and been in love with the game ever since. Uh, so, so that's kind of how it started, I guess. Um, so, so typically speaking, Casper, do you enjoy card games, deck builders? What, what's your kind of preference with board games? Uh, really, I like them all, uh, more or less. Uh, <laughs> what I like actually right now, uh, is more or less, uh, finding games to convince people that don't like board games that they actually might do like board gaming. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. There are so many different options, dexterity games, uh, memory games, uh, fact games, and, and, and strategic. Uh, it's uh, People that say they don't like board games, I believe they've only played Ludo or Tic-Tac-Toe or... Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So what what games have you found to like be able to convert people that, that you know? Yeah, I'm curious about that. Uh, well, uh, my family we've always played uh, a lot of uh, card games, uh, regular cards. Um, uh, so trick taking games uh, uh-huh. that's easy for everyone to relate to. Uh, co op games is a huge thing because. Some people don't like to lose, and and <laughs> in co-op, we lose together. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, more creative uh, games like uh, Dixit, where you have to use your imagination and interpretation, and, and uh, a game called Concept. I think it's also featured on tabletop, uh, where you have to uh, play out phrases and uh, movie titles and uh, uh, phrases and. And stuff like that using uh, images, uh, uh, yeah, where Pictionary style, where the pictures yeah. are already drawn, and you need to to show uh, hints to the others. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's awesome. A couple uh, on the subject of trick taking games. I think a couple to introduce people to uh, Fox in the Forest and The Crew. Have you heard of those? Yeah, The Crew. I love that <laughs> game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm currently on mission uh, 46 with uh, S Freak. Uh, it's just a two-player game. Uh, so five mission, and I've completed that, but I've had it for over a year, So, and I played it with so many different people. And it's, it's so nice. It it's a, it's starts out simple and becomes more and more, uh, more and more difficult yeah. to complete the missions. And, and people ah, start to see that ah, there's some tactics uh, to, to playing the cards in the right order and saying what i have uh what kind of cards and that stuff like that so that's that's awesome so you you mentioned go ahead tim i i just want to say on the on the subject of the crew i I love the crew but that game stresses me out to no end because (laughs) i'm afraid i love trick-taking games i grew up playing like spades and hearts and all of that sort of stuff but uh um and and euchre that's a big midwest game so uh I grew up with all those games, but yeah. like I start, I play, I played the quest. My wife and I played it with Silent Al. He was he was over here, and we we played it. And 
my wife and I got so stressed because <laughs> we're afraid we're going to misplay and screw everything up for the game. And so like, it's so fun, but it, it can be stressful if that's the sort of person that you are. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a one, uh, a quick recommendation too, for a really good like gateway game, as I call them. Um, there's one called Hanabi. Have you guys played that? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. all it's all memory, but you like you can't look at your cards. You have to face your own mm-hmm. cards away, and you get a certain number of hints that mm-hmm. you can give to other people. Yeah, and it's cool because it's. I mean, there's some strategy to it, but it's really just yeah. about being like, "Oh, I told you that already." Oh, yeah. it's just <laughs> it's just fun. It's just fun. Yeah. fun. That's great stuff, Chris. What's your gateway game go to? Then uh, since we're on this topic, oh. Yeah, well, I think it has been uh, Fox in the Forest and the Crew were a couple that I used, but okay. I think uh, Carcassonne would be another one oh, yeah. that I would use because yeah, really it's good. just like, it's pretty chill. You lay the tiles. If I were to throw out a quick tip for that one, you don't tell people about the fields on the first game. Uh, <laughs> for anyone that knows that game, you Keep don't do the fields game. on game one. Smart. Yeah. Right. Well, then you can beat them really bad, and they'll be like, "You bastard." <laughs> no, I keep it. I keep it very casual in game one. You don't have to be cutthroat in Carcassonne. Keep it right casual away. is a great way to draw new players. I'm just going to yep. give a quick shout out to Crokinole, my favorite dexterity mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Amazing, which is another great one to bring I love in that you, game. players. Do you have Class. a fancy? Do you have a fancy Crokinole board? Jake? I have a I have a true crocodile board. Oh, I, made my board. I want one. Uh, I'm going to get expensive. one eventually in my life. Yeah, it is I, a they are. <laughs> It was awesome. I've Clask actually is ma- a good cheaper version for a dexterity game if you want. Clask is a fun one too. Yeah, man. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, we could do a whole segment just on gateway games. Yeah, down the yeah, we can, board games. Should we scrap <laughs> yeah. the notes and just just go? <laughs> Let's just go. No, <laughs> sorry guys, this is not Hero Realms podcast today. It is about other stuff. Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting because it shows kind of can. Connections, some are tedious, some are non-existent with Hero Realms. And sometimes you different players like different types of games. Sometimes we like kind of similar ones. That's why I asked yeah. about deck builders. But um, Casper, mm-hmm. I think I want to ask next about how you got involved with the online community for um, Hero Realms, specifically with Realms Rising and the website, which I'm just mm-hmm. going to dis- disclaim now. You created, my friend. You are the person we have to thank for the awesome, <laughs> amazing Realms Rising website that we have. You did all the work for it. You designed everything. You put it all together. Um, first of all, thank you for that. Uh, it's still such a huge um, um, gift to the, to the community, and it's such a, it has a wealth of information and resources for everybody to use. It's really been a game changer for everybody, so yeah. thanks for that. So how did that, all of that come about? Why don't you give us a little backstory on this? Yeah, first of all, uh, uh, I would like to send a thank you back to to all of you guys. Uh, The site wouldn't be that awesome without all that uh, content (laughs) that you guys create, uh, podcasts and strategy (laughs) articles and and stuff like that. Otherwise, it would just be another uh, fish in the pond. So uh, shout out to everyone contributing there as well. Um, Well, uh, you can probably thank uh, Isfreak for, for the website to some extent. Um, she was. Uh, we play a lot of games together, Esfrig and myself. Um, and she was like, "Oh, I find this a uh, new Discord thing called Re- Realms Rising, and uh, the guy that has it, uh, and Rosa, is super awesome and super chill. You have to join the Discord server." <laughs> and I was, "Well, okay, Hero Realm stuff. I I, I like that." Uh, <laughs> 
So, <laughs> so that's how I got into the, the, the Discord server. And uh, I think maybe I've been a member for a week or so. And then she was like, I talked to uh, Adam uh, and Rosa and uh, he needs help with the website. I said that you do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. Uh, um and then uh, later she told me that uh, she said to Adam uh, that, uh, well, uh, I might be able to, to, to make the website. And if she pushed for it, uh, I, I couldn't say no. So I guess that's the case. Uh, um, so that's that's how that adventure began. Um, and uh, it's super, super awesome. As, and as you said, uh, our godfather and Rosa... Uh, <laughs> uh, really is uh, one of a kind, uh, awesome guy, and and great for for starting everything. Uh, we really really appreciate that. Um, but uh, at times he's a bit of a he, his thoughts are are everywhere and nowhere all at once sometimes. <laughs> uh, so talking <laughs> designs and. Uh, asking how would you like your website to to do stuff uh, and he's like whatever makes you happy uh, <laughs> whatever you think is best uh, couldn't really get anything out of him so so yeah but but i think we we landed somewhere nice uh, yeah. uh with a theme that he uh, he approved of and uh, then a sprinkle of uh, casper's uh, whip something uh, on top <laughs> Good stuff. Very nice. So we Special can also stuff. we we owe a lot of the blame to S Freak as well, and huge shout yeah. out to her. Uh, yeah. Of course, our community would not be what it is without um, S Freak Lisette Christensen. By the yeah. way, you can she was a guest on the Realms Rising podcast in the fifth episode of season two. So if you want to hear a little mm-hmm. bit more about her background and her involvement in all this, check that out for sure. Hopefully, we can get her on someday as well. But uh, definitely need to pause a moment to give Esfreak a huge shout out for her work yeah. as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, good stuff. All right. So that's how it began, right? It was basically stumbling upon the Discord server and volunteering your services or having your services volunteered. <laughs> yeah, more, right. like, more like that, I think. But, <laughs> to help build. but yeah. yeah, but I'm, I'm happy to, to have made the contribution. Uh, so... Yeah, well, it's an awesome website, as we said. And yeah. as we say every episode, guys, check it out. Check out the website. There's tons yeah. of strategy articles on, on there. By the way, I just released a new wizard article because I know that's what everyone is waiting for is more wizard yeah. stuff. More uh, wizard so I posted stuff, a new uh, more wizard strat, strats <clears throat> online. Go check it out. Um, and it's a good place to find our podcast as well and basically just everything that we, we, we're creating as a community. Mm-hmm. So thanks, uh, Zabuza for, for making that. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, go ahead. So what happens? So you, so you build the <laughs> website, take us a little bit further. All right. So you build the website. What happens next? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> then you need to get some content onto that website. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. uh, and honestly, uh, I, I haven't contributed anything, uh, on that front. Uh, uh, I know uh, S Freak wrote a lot uh, in the beginning, and Tim as well, and uh, mm-hmm. you as well, Jake. Um, but uh, it's it's uh, yeah, it need to be yeah. The, the need for com- community involvement uh, is is what needs to to be there. 
Yeah, it is. And I think a lot of people come to both the Discord server and Realms Rising, the website, and the game. They come to it for the game, but stay for this community that has grown up around. Yeah. And both the Discord server and this web- website have kind of coalesced. And then later, the Hero Realm or the Hero Helper uh, tool uh, and all of the other kind of external things that are kind of popping up and growing organically around it has really made this community the special place that it is. And that's what I think pe- it keeps players staying here with the game, to be honest. Yeah, so. we really have an awesome community everyone's more or less uh, always talking nicely to each other and uh, takes constructive criticism and and everyone can talk about their crazy ideas and special events and stuff like that. I I really think we have an awesome one here. I mean, mean, when we can have uh, an event like uh, Game of Games that, I don't know, was so so convoluted, I didn't understand it, but (laughs) it sounded so fun. And I know the people that participated had a lot of fun in it. So like yeah. when you can have crazy ideas that Sam's involved in uh, and and it goes somewhere, like that's a good thing, right? Yeah. If I'm going to be involved with anything, like I'm probably not going to do much of the day to day, but I will give you more weird, wacky ideas than, yeah. Yeah. than, you, than you probably want. Um, I, that's my that's my specialty. Taking things and off the rails. And lots of swear words too. Don't forget. And lots <laughs> of swear words. I've successfully edited myself so far, but I have also have not been talking very much because you of, have been doing great, Bob. Yeah, the star so. of the show, <laughs> Casper, is here, and we need to talk more to him. And on that note, um, Casper, I'm being a fellow—I uh, don't know—I wouldn't call myself a developer necessarily, but I launched HeroHelpo.com. So, you know, on that technical tip, um, what I mean, what was it that put you in that position to to be able to to get realms rising up and going so quickly you said this is like what you do um but what is your background with with development and and like how were you able to do this yeah well uh a long time ago i started the started studying computer science Mm -hmm. uh taking a a bachelor degree and uh, after two years of doing that i was like man this is too theoretical uh this this just isn't for me and i decided to to drop everything and and start a new uh in a new line of education um we have a line here in denmark called uh multimedia design Uh Um, that was actually uh, a lot of just sitting in photoshop and then creating <laughs> websites with uh, selecting your parts of your uh, your photoshop images and then exporting that uh, as a website and i was like this is the wrong way to make a website oh my god it's just <laughs> cropped images all over the place uh so after <coughs> sorry after two years of um Doing that, uh, I, I topped that up with a, a bachelor called web development, uh, and then I get to nice. got to combine my two uh, educations uh, with programming from the computer science and uh, the graphic work. Um, so, so today I'm more or less uh, I'm doing front work, uh, the front, uh, yeah, front work uh, on websites. Um, cool. Front end. You're yeah. you're the double threat. I love yeah. that. So you're able to go into Photoshop and make the assets if needed, but also able to yeah. 
precisely. Code that into the front end and get yeah. it to work right. And uh, we do uh, everything in uh, PHP, uh, which fits uh, very nicely into the WordPress uh, world uh, that uh-huh. uh, and Rosa went with. Uh, so so that's how everything worked out. Uh, I was... Uh, we don't, I don't work much with uh, WordPress, but I have used it on uh, several occasions. So it was uh, quite easy to to jump back in and uh, and do stuff. And as I said uh, on my everyday list, I make websites uh, yeah. to some extent. Uh, oh, that's fantastic! Uh, no, I just want to jump in and say that choosing WordPress. I think was a really good choice for this because it makes it relatively easy for people to collaborate and yeah. join in on the website, uh, publish and type up their own write-ups or guides and publish them. And you can see just by the wide range of people, I don't uh, have a complete list off the top of my head, but I'm sure we have at least 10 people who have written separate articles and guides and uh, pieces for the website. And WordPress has been a really smart choice. Uh, for mm-hmm. being able to do that. So I just wanted to say, nice job, nice, nice selection for, for how you did that. Um, I just want to say, since we're talking about the website and writing articles and all of that stuff, that uh, anybody listening to the podcast that feels like uh, they might have a good idea for an article, doesn't have to be super strategy-oriented or whatever. Like, if you just think there's something cool you'd like to share uh we'd love to have more people writing for the website and uh doing that stuff yeah it could all it's, it could be uh challenge card ideas uh fan-made uh mm-hmm. classes and stuff like that uh, I, I actually think the community would welcome stuff like that uh directly onto the realms rising uh website yeah all of this cool. all this stuff would be good yeah yeah um all right, before we move on uh, out of this segment here, I just want to get uh, Casper's takes on the game itself. We can move away from the website and all the great work he did. Oh, before we do that, though, I just want to say, Casper, one other thing I love about that website is the little swirling graphic, uh, yeah. the loading graphic that has the different yeah. colors of the factions. Yeah. Chef's kiss on that. Just, you know, I you know, I, I, I sent him a, a, a PM on, on Discord uh, after the site launched, I said, site looks great, all this stuff. I really love that loading icon. It's so good. <laughs> it's true. Uh, it's great minds think alike. I, I, there, I never, never get sick of that thing. Okay, but enough of the website. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the game a little bit, especially the digital yeah. game, because not only is uh, Zabuza a key member of uh, one of the people who really built this community uh, from the ground floor, he's a pretty damn good player as well. Um, Thank you. Zabuza, what are your thoughts just on playing the game, um, some of the events that you've participated in? I know we go through our phases where we get busy and we play more and play less as, as life happens, but uh, just give us a little of – give us some thoughts on the actual game itself and your, and your take on it. Hmm. All right. Well, man, I really love this game. Uh, can't get enough of it, and – it's awesome to always have someone to play with. It's like, oh, I have a 15 minutes or something. I can just pop open Hero Realms app and do a quick real-time game or go through the, the list uh, of asynchronous game. And it's, it's so nice to always just have games lined up uh, to play. 
Um, and as you guys say, there are some awesome players around here. Uh, so, so the community events and, and stuff like that really, it's, it's so fun. And, and you guys made some awesome events uh, all around. I really, uh, I've really been enjoying uh, the tavern brawl, especially. Uh, it's, it's so nice with the themes and, and the story and the people that actually like to role play and, uh, the stories on on the website and and um, I really re- really enjoy all that content. Um, yeah, Tavern and, Brawl. Yeah, yeah, sure. And you were definitely one of the first. And you have been in every season so far, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's one of the the few that uh, I've chosen to up uh, prior, prioritize uh, to 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 take the time to, to, to participate in. Uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's great. That's, definitely, that's one of the best yeah. thing about our many different events is that there's something for everybody and you're not going to like all of the events and they might not be for you, but you'll probably find something that you really like that mm. suits your play style, your scheduling or whatever. And uh, that's why it's just so good to have all these choices in, in the community. Events. Yeah. And we're glad to, glad to have you as part of Casper for sure. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, well, over time it, it toned down a bit because uh, when the community was fresh and uh, everyone was new, it was like, yeah, oh, new event, it's awesome. I need to participate in this one. And, and then at some point it was like, oh my God, we have 10 tournaments uh, going on at uh-huh. once. Uh, uh, <laughs> I need, might need to slow down a bit. Uh, yep. So We've yeah, all hit that point so, at some point. I think. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah, it gets it gets challenging. Yeah, definitely. So, no pun yeah. intended. There's because there's lots yeah. of challenges. Right? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, oh, I will my. do a quick plug for Hero Helper. There is a link where you can see all your past played games, and it's a lifesaver when you have a bunch of stuff going. You're like, did I play that guy yet? I don't know. I don't know yeah. if I won or lost. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Let me look at my history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good stuff indeed. All right. Well, I think we've hit up the uh, main points and gotten to know Casper a little bit more in his background. Let's transition over into the other main topic that we'll be covering this week, campaign tips and strategies. Okay, so um, this is episode 25 of Sparks and Rec. We've talked a lot about PvP. We've talked a lot about the digital app. We've talked a lot about balancing. We've talked a lot about a lot of the different aspects of the game, except the campaigns. This is actually something that we haven't talked a lot about so far <laughs> on our podcast. And when we were talking with uh, Zabuza to kind of organize uh, some ideas for what we'd focus on this episode, he suggested, hey, let's talk about the campaigns. And we kind of looked at each other and said, you know what? We have never talked about campaigns yet. So it's actually (laughs) a really good opportunity to do so. And rather than go into, you know, specific walkthroughs of the different campaigns and what you should do in each of them, I think it's just good to give some general tips. Now, we, we might have some uh, strategies and stuff for specific points, but this isn't really a walkthrough per se, just kind of a, a, an overview about the different campaign tips and strategies that we've come across. So, Zabuza, well, let's start out with you. When you play the campaign, and I take it you, you do play quite a bit of the paper campaigns, yeah. what are some things that you've learned or some uh, advice or strategy that you have for the audience? 
Well, uh, as uh, in real estate, location, 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 uh, it's it's key. Uh, how you you set up the play order uh, so you are nearby the right people there, so that the cleric might be able to heal two people or the thief might be able to to heal two people and and the wizard doesn't sit in the middle and is supposed to heal everybody because he needs that healing himself and uh, stuff like that uh, it's yeah it's really important uh, who sits where. Uh, unless you're only playing two, then it's no, not a problem who goes first. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Uh, we usually play with uh, Ancestry uh, when we, mm. we play the campaign because it adds such a nice flavor to to the, to the nice characters. Uh, and... Yeah, we like to make fun of it, uh, have fun with it. So going for the full glass cannon, uh, cannon uh, half uh, halfling wizard uh, oh, stuff no. like that. Uh, it's yeah, it's 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 a tough to play. The, it's tough to play the campaign uh, if you're not playing on the easy mode. Uh, mm-hmm. We we we've only really played on the second hardest level so uh more or less so so we're always a bit struggling i think last time we played the campaign uh two of us died and when the third uh player lost uh the the boss had one hp so it was so close and yet so far (laughs) that's great though that's what makes you want to pick them up and play it again yeah yeah that's what i was just gonna say like that's what makes you when you finally do win you're like I did something. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it really, it really makes it satisfying. Yeah. And it's really funny because it's, it's really, when you play with people that play a lot of uh, hero realms, you, you know, they know what to do and when to do it. Uh, but if you're playing with less experienced players, uh, the campaign is just blown wide open and, and okay. People decide just to do whatever they want. And there was, Oh, you really needed that. A guild card there i don't think so just because you had those three goals no uh, <laughs> but yeah yeah I, w- I would say one thing uh one my campaign experience is it's been quite a while since i've played through any campaign stuff but people that are used to playing the pvp side of the game there's a little adjustment because some stuff works differently like with the healing or taking out uh champions you know for your the people next to you and stuff so even if you are a hero realms player but all you play is pvp it'll take a little getting adjusting uh, uh, take a little adjustment it's true yeah and even if you play if you're familiar with the co-op in digital there's differences as well with with the campaign so yeah there's a lot of things to take in here um go ahead Casper. Oh, oh, it was just like, yeah, treasures and skills and ability actually have uh, a, a campaign uh, side of many of them. So yep. uh, the the wording is changed. Uh, you work in zones, uh, the master zones and the player zones, and and some of your ability only uh, is only usable on on a specific zone. So if you have if you're the ranger. Uh, and would like to use a headshot to stun a champion, 
well, you could do that, but not in your own area because they are too uh, they are up close and personal uh, on you. So you need to hit something further away. away. So either in, in the masters uh, area or, or a nearby player area. So it, thematically, it makes sense, uh, but man, it's annoying that you can't stun that. Mm champion in front of you <laughs> yeah that that's a really good thing and that really drastically affects how you would save the use of that snapshot or headshot and um yeah and targets that you, that you can use on it right yeah that's a really good point for uh, abilities and stuff i actually didn't even know that i i've played the campaign a few times like tim a while ago but none of us were the rangers, so I didn't even know. I didn't even know about that ranged attack aspect of it. So yeah, yeah. Um, good stuff. All right, I, I'm. I'll jump in with a few general tips here too, and then Casper, if you have more stuff too, just jump in as we go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I want to mention is the co-op aspect of the campaigns. Uh, we've already talked about the position, uh, the quote. Or, quote unquote, nearby aspect of the game where you can only heal and attack things that are either in the master's area or the nearby zones to you or next to you. Um, but I also want to talk a little bit about the makeup of the party or the group that you choose. If you're going to play with um, three or four players or even just two players, think about which characters you're going to be and how they can complement each other. Uh, I guess another good way to say it is clerics are really important for the campaign. Mm -hmm. You need people who can heal. Uh, even if their main um, objective is might not be a full-on attacking or combat, but more supporting roles and healing roles, that's really vital and really important to a campaign. And having a player who's willing to be that healer or whatever mm. uh, is a really important part. So think about how what characters you choose before you start on your campaign, I think is another important thing. Um, and also connecting to that is the treasure upgrades you get uh, throughout the campaign. I think you can choose treasures or you might randomly pick some or you can you might even be able to random. give treasures. A treasure it's that it's you random. Oh, it is random. We played random. Yeah, that's how yeah. they tell you okay. to do it in the book, yeah. I think. OK, yeah. It's, which means you're basically uh, so I guess you're kind of stuck with what you get then. Right. And there's no yep. there's no way to give you treasures to somebody else. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. I guess that means you don't really have much of a choice over what what I mean, upgrade. I mean, I mean, you, you you could house rule stuff like that, yeah. but as written, yeah, it's random. I think it's a good thing because it encourages you to play more. Because you like mm -hmm. maybe you're like, oh, why would I ever choose that other treasure? But then if you randomly get it, mm. you're like, well, now I guess I got to figure out what to do with the Pathfinder's compass. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, Pathfinder's you know. compass is actually quite good in the campaign stuff. Yeah. Because there you uh, have it. Uh, you don't actually the your skills and ability you often upgrade those to benefit uh, your uh, teammates so for instance the the ranger has the ability to make uh, the neighbor uh, team neighboring teammates do track as well so they might actually just do the normal uh, uh, three two track but enable uh, both players uh, on the left and right to to do track as well uh so so getting that uh pathfinder's compass actually enables the the ranger to to be a bit more self-sufficient and still help uh his teammates out that's nice. awesome yeah. i had no idea you could do that that's so cool 
Yeah, it's it's really fun uh, because you, the really when you level up your characters and throughout the story, you you really talk about how okay, how do we want to do this? Uh, I'm the fighter. I okay, I'll take this to be able to expend or. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can taunt uh, champions from other players, nearby players. So, so the fighter is actually able to pull champions uh, from the other players' uh, areas over to them, so so he can take the the, the, the filthy hits and and stuff like that and, <laughs> and do some headbutting. That's incredible. Hey, so I have a quick question on that, being that I have not had the opportunity to play much um, much campaign, just for a lack of partners in uh in dc unfortunately but you're the things that you're saying are awesome i did play one time with my brother a very long time ago and i remember we were pretty unsure of upgrade paths and the rules and how to actually play and how to actually up like level up our guys do you just use the rule book when you were figuring it out or did you find that there was like a good online resource or good video you could watch or something like that uh, no, it's actually yeah, it's the rule book uh, all the way uh, here. Uh, yeah. But the rule book isn't uh, it's it's well written, well written. But uh, it you really need to 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 read that many times to to know exactly where to find stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yep. So practice and on that, perfect. On that point, <laughs> in our awesome Discord community, there is a rules channel. And a lot of times I've seen people ask there and I think probably what I would need to do is be like, so guys, when this situation happened, what did you do? Uh, How do you play it? And, you know, what is the rule? Like try to find the rules and all that stuff and discuss it. So, yeah, it's good stuff. All right. I want to piggyback a little bit off of what Casper said about upgrading your characters throughout the campaign and like talking with your campaign members because you can really um, pick complimentary upgrades for your characters that might not be great in PVP, but might work really well in, in, in the campaigns and figuring out ways to cover your uh, teammates weak spots or to choose abilities that really help shore up healing or defense or whatever it is that, that you might be weak on is a really good thing to do. This also, I think connects to market buying strategies. When you're playing a co-op game, uh, the way you purchase things from the market is also a little bit different, right? You want you there, you might forego buying the best card on the market if you know it'll help out one of your teammates even more than it will your deck. So you might actually uh-huh. buy suboptimal cards, yeah, uh, if you know that it'll help somebody else, right? Casper, what do you think about this? Yeah, for sure. We always talk about oh, I have uh, five gold. Uh, on the next turn, it's me. So I really, I really want that wolf form uh, for all my wild cards and, and stuff like that. And and you are, as you said, we're trying to help each other. So we don't have market manipulation in, in Euro <laughs> realms, but you can kind of uh, manipulate the market uh, uh, with the help uh, of a friend <laughs> during the campaign. So it's it's a bit easier for for some uh, for. One person to get all the guild and all the wilds because yeah, uh, the others can can help you out and and buy that that crabby type priest or street thug <laughs> for you. Uh, and then we only have one player's deck that's fra- uh, yeah trash. <laughs> Let's take it easy with the disparaging comments on the tithe priest. Here, oh, oh this yeah, is a, sorry, this sorry. is a tithe priest friendly podcast. Yeah. <laughs> 
true. <laughs> Double um, tithe priest all the way. I actually had some questions that I had kind of jotted down as the conversation went through that I wanted to hit on quick. So I was wondering, um, Zabuza, if you felt like there was a sweet spot for the number of players that you like to play the game with. You think three is ideal? Um, Four, the more the merrier. You usually play at two. What's that like for you for player count? I feel like three is the the sweet spot. uh, for for challenging level and and stuff like that and 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 they only have uh, two people uh, at the end uh, not being able to to help other than one you of course you don't you, you always have that if you were playing more than more than three but yeah. uh, but I think I, I think the dynamic and the difficulty level on the bosses is is, is most fitting for three players but it's also a lot of fun playing with five players but mm. you have <laughs> that market is is just so long away from you uh, every turn <laughs> with five play, people buying yeah. stuff in between and and everyone trying to make their own best decks and and stuff like that so uh, pros and cons uh, but really i think yeah if you want the easiest time three people is uh, is probably the best but max fun Go five. <laughs> <laughs> nice. One thing I'll say that I've enjoyed is a little uh, two-handed solo play, if you know what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. And that's something that, <laughs> that um, Sam, you could be doing if you want to play the campaign. So what I recommend, you could just solo it and play as one character. Yeah. But what I like that. to do that I've done is you, you play two characters at once. So you have two totally separate characters with two decks. Yeah. And um, I know, like, so when it comes to gaming, you know, playing solo, that's its own can of worms we could get into. But um, basically, uh, you know, some people are like, well, I would just play a video game or I would just play digital. Why would I play, you know, paper by myself? First of all, it's the only way to experience this campaign content. And if you don't have anyone to play with, you might. But to me, there's yep. also something like, kind of cool like ritualistic almost and like relaxing and fun about like setting up the cards and setting up the decks and like laying it all out on the table in front of you and like shuffling and reading the book and going through it by yourself so um i just wanted to give a quick shout out for solo uh and that when i play solo i would recommend um the the two uh, playing with two classes. And to kind of segue that a little bit further, we had talked about character combos a little bit. I really like um, having a thief and a fighter if I'm playing with two. I like the thief to have good econ and to have the heals. And I think we'll talk about this in a little bit from some of our user-submitted stuff, but that discard is really, really relevant in the campaign, isn't it? And then um, the, that's balanced by the fighter having that really strong base deck damage. So I feel like one fighter and one thief, they can be uh, uh, quite complementary. So that's one combo that I've played through the campaign with and really liked. I just want to say playing a five player wizard campaign is not recommended. I would not try, <laughs> try playing with five. Uh, I kind of want to do that though. Now that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> that's like maximum difficulty level, I think. Yeah. Well, often, uh, often the, the wizard is the hard hitting one in, in our campaigns. Yep. Uh, they usually actually get the best engines running and, and stuff like that. So, uh, the, on more than one occasion, those uh, classes have been the MVP. So, but 
uh, as Double Dobbs says, the thief is really uh, really important if you are struggling with the with the campaign. That this card to the master's deck, uh, trying to control when he power ups and uh, and especially in chapter two of campaign one, it could be very useful to 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 be able to discard uh, cards from the from the deck. So yeah, yeah good stuff. It's huge. Yeah. It is good stuff. And I do want to say too, Chris, before we move too far along, that you might have spoken a little bit early. I do think that Sam is well-versed in two-handed ritualistic solo plays. So <laughs> to kind of insinuate that may not be doing playing. it. I may or may not be playing Hero <laughs> Realms at the time. That, but, that's you know. that's two-finger, two not two-handed. <laughs> oh, I mean, well. you can use all of those things. And toes, too. Jigna's... Jig knows all about the toes. Wow. <laughs> okay, let, let's uh, let's cut Quickly this. Quickly off this the deep end. Sorry, that was my fault. I, I, I accept responsibility. It really was. Let's bring it back, though. Um, so, Chris, you were talking about two-handed solo play, which is basically two-player co-op, but you're, you're doing it by yourself. Right? You're playing two yep. players. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, what are your own experiences, or do you have any tips for, for playing this style? Oh, I mean, to me, it's like totally about the the journey, not the destination. Like I said, it's about just like kind of laying it all out and just like enjoying the game for sure. Um, you know, you have access to all the information and you're like with with this deck, I'm kind of going for, you know, you're going to let your thief try to get the wilds if you're playing like I was. And then you're going to have the fighter, you know, get the strong damage cards and that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's really about it uh, for me on that. Mm-hmm. All right. That's good. So it's definitely worth checking out if you have the content and no one to play with. The two-handed solo ritualistic play style is definitely highly, highly recommended. Um, all right. Let's keep rolling here, guys. Now, we did have some of our Discord members also chime in with some of their uh, their tips and strategies or how they like to play the campaign uh, style here. Sammy, why don't you uh, start us off with these some of these comments? Yes, uh, we had some really awesome uh, commentary from lots of different people. Um, I'd like to highlight a comment that our very own Noodle Tupe made. Um, I guess multiple comments and points that he made um, for campaign play. So one, as we've kind of touched on, the campaign is pretty hard. So don't underestimate it. As uh, Zabuza was telling us, uh, you can get your ass handed to you. So um, get ready for a challenge. Take a moment to think about the seating order. Self-sufficient characters like ranger or fighter should be next to the master and characters that can heal like cleric and thief should be between those two players. Um, The games can be over after just a small amount of turns and they're often decided early. So if you build your decks accordingly and use your abilities early to get rid of the powerful minions, especially elite minions before a bad situation spirals out of control, then that is a strong play. You don't want to let things get out of control uh, in the name of saving it for later. You got to keep that, keep it all tamped down. Uh, And then lastly, being able to put a discard on the master is very valuable as we were just talking about with the thief. So you want to be able to see what they're playing, uh, what the master is playing next as often as possible. And so um, only, only discard their most powerful cards are the ones that let them level up if they haven't yet. So Everything else should uh, go back on top, right? So those were the thoughts from Noodle. Uh, also, we had some comments from Megan Marie 88 and Tim is going to 
talk to uh, talk to us about those comments. Okay. Um, Mega Marie 88 said, uh, in the lost village, the creature each player has in their area makes a huge difference. And it's hard to help each other at first because you have your own battle to fight. It's hard to depend on help right away. So, so, um, yeah. And then she also said, you also didn't know when you would get a mastery card, but we tried to guess and be ready for it. So, Preparing for what could happen is a good idea there. And uh, finally, the their ability that's activated each turn is random, and some more some are more painful than others. But coordinating who is buying what in the market can help counter that, and that was our main strategy. Yeah, all good stuff. So we're seeing some common threads here with how different people uh, attack the campaign style. Um, Logan Case Stewart. Friend of the pod also chimed in with a few of his tips for campaigning. Um, and he's mentions that the rules are actually pretty complicated. Um, uh, Zabuza mentioned this as well. You really have to kind of look through that rule book to find stuff. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But Logan said you can also check out some YouTube videos of people playing through the campaigns and uh, see how they deal with different uh, um, situations. I know there's like a s- special circumstances with like barricades or blocks and other things that actually have uh, like very specific rules. So if you're not sure, check the rule book, check out YouTube. You can always ask Discord too, and usually you'll get someone chiming in. And, and 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 yep. don't 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 be afraid to like make a call instead of spending a half hour trying to find a rule. Like, there's not any police that Such are going to come advice. say you're playing Hero Realms wrong. Like, Such great play, have yeah. fun. And, and you know, I've fallen victim to that. You can kind of lose your momentum and I do it all the play time if you stop yep. and look look shit up in a rule book. So play it through, and then you can even make a note and look at it later. But Oftentimes, yep. just keeping the flow going and playing through something is much more important than getting an exact rule right. So really good point, Tim. Um, Logan also said that if you're mainly a PvP player and you go to the campaign, keep in mind there are different rules, right? Zabuza already mentioned the actual abilities have like different – you flip the card mm-hmm. over and there's different rules on the actual character abilities and skills. So it actually might just be abilities, uh, not skills, but – um, look carefully at the change of rules because it's not the same as PvP. Um, so that's one other thing to look out for. Casper, um, uh, you got a point to add there? Uh, no, uh, it's just uh, it's both abilities and skills. And yep. uh, with uh, us having the app and balance changing happening, the skills are actually quite different from from what we know yep. uh, in ah, the app. Nice. Yeah, I was looking at the physical cards to prep for this podcast, and I went past the cleric's breastplate, and it just adds a hit point, and I had like laughed to myself. I was like, "Oh my god, that's so bad!" <laughs> it just looks terrible. <laughs> Knowing, you know, what a yeah. great change they made for digital. I, I, I haven't played the campaign since they made that change in digital, but I oh, like would for sure house rule that to breastplate yeah. uh, buffs a champion instead mm-hmm. of just giving a hit point. I think that's another great point too. like house rule. A lot of, if the, if you want to use, and this goes back to the errata stuff we talked about in episode 24, there's no one stopping you from implementing the digital uh, balance changes into your own games, even campaign stuff. Right. If, if it's really difficult for you or if you're trying to do something else, house rule. Yes. Yeah. It, it ain't that hard. Or homebrew. 
make your own yeah, you know make your own choice yeah um, the most most important things when you're playing board game is make the game flow because otherwise you ruin the atmosphere the gameplay and and yeah maybe ending things on a technicality from the rules is just always bad so, yeah, so but 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 technically right is the best kind of right I yeah just... yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> i totally agree with you on that but really, yeah lessen the mood uh when, yeah when for sure we have to stop i have to use the next 10 minutes to look things up on my phone or in the rule books right. or going through board game geek uh yeah then nobody wants to there. play games with you again yeah, yeah we've, all, <laughs> we, we've been there um, final note here from Logan Stewart. And then I know Chris has a few other comments or questions to, to wrap up the section here, but, um, Logan says spay or pay special attention to the hazards that you come across in, in the campaigns. Um, sometimes you not, you might not be able to clear them out if you wait too long and it can just totally kill your game. So if you are faced with a hazard, deal with it ASAP, otherwise bad things can happen. That's one of his, uh, specific tips here. Yeah, I, re- I remember when when first playing through the campaign, the the broken tables and chairs, so being a, hu- so a huge pain in the butt, man. <laughs> yeah. And forget about the thematics, right? My my wizard just fireballed like eight orcs into Chris, but can't jump over a freaking uh, cha- a table laying, laying down. Yeah, and, yeah. Know, it's a little thematically puzzling sometimes, but you just got to yeah. deal with it. I'm um, old and feeble, and I can't jump this chair. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Chris, I know you had a few, uh, I think, final questions or comments here. Go for it. Yeah, I was uh, just thinking a little bit about when I do um, shuffle up and play solo. You know, I've got the different, like, journeys cards and stuff like that and some different promos and all sorts of different cards. So I like to shuffle all of those together. And then um, after I complete an encounter whatever I used in that encounter, I'll leave out for the next one so that when I'm playing the next round, I'm like not seeing the same cards again. So, uh, I just was curious, uh, Zabuza, like, uh, what that was like for you, what cards you guys choose to play with. And I know other people in the community have kind of played as I've described too. So I just wonder, uh, yeah, how do you guys do it? Well, we usually just have one big pile of everything. Beeping. And actually, we on multiple occasions talked about how we felt like everything just got so expensive. And it really uh, made the game harder for us if we tried playing with all the expansion, the Kickstarter promo, and, and stuff like that. So uh, we actually found that the game is uh, quite. A bit more easy to to get through if we only play with the base set market deck. Um, I'd actually done some uh, tallying up uh, recently on that because we talked about it on on so many different occasions. Uh, S Freak and myself. Um, there are only six uh, cards with um, uh, cost one or two gold in. Uh, in in the expansions and promo cards, and, yeah. And are there any cards that cost one? There's maybe a couple in, in the base set. Wow, that's crazy. That, yeah, so there's only six totally six cards with cost uh, total uh, with cost one or two gold 
And total for the base sets, there are 29. So, yeah. Wow. So when you shuffle everything in like that, yeah, you're really raising the average the, cost. The and base you're value. Need to, yeah. Yep. Buy and, more fire gems. Yeah. And there are only two gold on those uh, six cards in total. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, so, yeah, there's a bit uh, further between the gold on the, the cheaper cards. And uh, so really, if yeah. It really ups the difficulty. So is that how you uh, tend to play, or do you do a mix, or is it this something you realized more recently? It's something we realized. Uh, we talked about it on different occasions. Uh, we okay. play with everything. It felt uh, uh, tiresome to, to buy stuff from the market deck. So the last time we did the campaign, we actually took all the one and two gold uh, cards from, from the base set and only added it to the to the new stuff uh, oh that's really it. cool yeah, yeah. Smart idea. Uh, proportion wise it's it stays more or less the same uh, there are a bit uh, more cards in in the base sets uh, of the more expensive value but you you, you got that uh, injection of gold and all those uh, cheap cards you like uh, elven gifts and donations and, and stuff like that so <laughs> yeah. so you got that chance to get that easy gold um, so, so it, it works quite real uh, actually that's awesome that's another great example of curating the experience for what you want to play yeah so i'm yep. really glad that you called that out um I guess another thing that I was kind of wondering is just like, how many times do you think you've played through the campaign total? If you had to put like a shot at it, uh, I think in my Google Keep notes, I have seven running games uh, with different people, <laughs> uh, save points, nice. so we can start up uh, at that point uh, the next time we get together. Uh, and I think I played, I played it, uh, I played it through with with some of the people. I think plus 10 times uh, other than those seven. So wow, um, we played it a lot. Uh, I really like the campaign. Uh, we're skipping the story uh, most of the time, unless <laughs> there's someone <laughs> completely new. But uh, otherwise, uh, I really like the campaign stuff. Uh, again, because co-op, uh, you win together or lose together. Uh, and that's right. more, yeah. That's awesome. So all that being said, you have got to be hyped for Watery Graves, man. I am. <laughs> yeah. Tell me a little bit about like what you've seen of Watery Graves and you know your anticipation for it. Well, pirates. Need to say more. <laughs> uh, well, I, I really look forward to it, but actually kind of been trying to not uh, look Spoil it. too much. Yeah, because... Uh, I know oh, yeah. it's so far down the future. It's a year from now still. And so I actually haven't uh, backed the Kickstarter yet because, yeah, keeping keeping my distance, but it's it's coming uh, in one of the next few days. Uh, you got to... You got to back the Kickstarter so we can unlock Tim's card, man. Yeah. <laughs> Only a couple days left. Yeah. Only a couple days left. Now, remember, guys, though, Casper is in Denmark, and I think the, the shipping and taxes on uh, all the stuff oh, yeah. for our European friends is ridiculous. I, I can definitely see why a lot of you guys wait for it to hit the market, even though you're yeah, in the I actually, I actually don't think I'll, I'll 
back the water grave uh, on on the Kickstarter because I can buy that in, in some of the game stores here. So, but sure, the, the dungeon, uh, I need that, and my completionist <laughs> genes. Uh, is screaming internally uh, for me not to buy everything else in the campaign, but I think I'll have to uh, yeah, keep myself at the neck and and, and just buy the essential <laughs> this time because it's oh, man, it's a lot of money. <laughs> it's a lot of money, and the shipping is crazy. For yeah. I live in Japan too, so I deal with a lot of the same stuff. Yeah, that but they do offer the promo packs. I think uh, separately during the kickstarter and if not later as well so you can always yeah. get the promos you missed out which is yeah. good it's really good that they do that yeah. but, um, but i got that big nice box and i got all those nice plastic yeah. separators uh-huh. and i'm like oh, i really want those separators as well and and i actually <laughs> 3d printed yes. uh, my own uh, health trackers a while ago made some digital art and made some stickers those didn't fit uh, unfortunately but <laughs> uh, but i like those uh, health track trackers as well and uh, yeah. everything just adds up so quickly man it snowballs quickly yeah. and your your yeah. wallet pays for it um, <laughs> one note I just want to say before it disappears into the ether is that Chris mentioned curating your own experience. What, what, what was the terminology you used, Chris? Curating yeah, I think that was your, it. Yeah, that was it. Uh, yep. so what a great yep. way to frame it, right? It, you, and this goes for, um, choosing what kind of market cards you're using. If you want to like Zabuza, I had this brilliant idea of taking the low cost cards and adding it to the, uh, expansion content just to make it just to even out the cost curve a little bit. But you can do this not only in campaign play, you can do this when you're playing with your friends. Make the game you want to play, guys, uh, and enjoy it. It really is a customizable game, and there's nothing preventing you from doing it. Coincidentally, listeners, you can curate your own podcast experience as well. While you're listening to this, um, just fast forward through all the parts where Sam's speaking, and uh, you'll have a much <laughs> smoother uh, kids well, that's friendly. How I listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, and if you listen, to, if you only, if you really want to go to sleep, just play only the parts that Jig's talking. Oh, and there you go. And then there, I you're good. there it is. I walked walked <laughs> right into that one. Yeah, nice, nice comeback. <laughs> Nicely done. But. Um, great discussion on campaign, guys. Do we have any like final thoughts or any points we missed before we wrap it up here? Uh, I have one, uh, if I can jump yep. in. Uh, Please. We already talked about uh, that early use of your abilities uh, on uh, what would you do. And uh, it's also quite useful to do that early use on the campaign because mm-hmm. I think it was a noodle uh, that mentioned something like along those lines. It, it really mm-hmm. helped your nearby allies and take out that big uh, charging drunk with nine, uh, <laughs> eight uh, health so they don't take eight damage the next turn if you're the ranger and sit ne- sit next to them. It might seem suboptimal to use it on your first turn, but really it isn't. Uh, and yeah, use your ability to help your friends. It really, really makes everything easier using the campaign. Play as a team, nice. not as, a, as an individual. <laughs> so is the, is the idea is that it's going to get out of control eventually. Yeah. So use your ability early, yep. do some damage, and then when it finally does get out of control, you're closer to possibly killing the master. And you might yeah, you probably win. have some good cards in your own deck and can handle it, or mm. the person next to you can take out the champion for you, or yeah. Yeah. 
That's solid. That's good it's good advice. advice. It, it, not only for campaign guys, but even PVP play, a lot of times burning your ability yeah. early, you might be a little afraid to do it, but it actually is often the right move to do. It's better to do it when you can get value out of it, when you know you can, rather than saving it for this theoretical situation that might happen later. So yeah. really good advice. Yeah. No, I think we can all agree they're tougher than they than you might think. I mean, we've all played so much PVP. We think of ourselves as seasoned veterans of this game, but that campaign can really sit you down on your butt quickly if you're if you're not mm-hmm. careful. No campaign, yeah, no game. Yeah, I'm looking game. forward to some no some deep meditative two-handed solo action. <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe later. I'm going to put on ritualistic. Some as long music. as it's ritualistic, we're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're getting close That's to true. the 90 minute mark when uh, things start to go off the rails a little bit. Let's wrap up the campaign section here and segue into community roundup. Okay, everybody, when you hear that music, you know it's time for Community Roundup. Uh, we're going to kind of blast through all of our events this week pretty quickly and, and not give too much details, but at least this way you guys have a clue of what is happening with our plethora of community events. Tim, why don't you get us started uh, with Highlander? So uh, Highlander is coming back. Season two uh, will begin on February 22nd, that will be the first event, which is the level seven Thandar event. So uh, if you are nice, uh, if you remember Thandar from last season, uh, check it out. If you didn't check out the rules, uh, all the stuff's posted in the discord uh, and sign up by the 22nd. If you want to participate in the first event. Um, after that, the uh, sparks and rec digital open is uh progressing i think we're on uh a day or two into round two of swiss for that part of the event and uh it's going along well so there we go good stuff all right up next i'll talk about a few of the events that i'm either involved with tangentially or directly first is uh predator a fan favorite that everyone likes based off of the uh favorite jungle thriller from the 80s starring um, jesse the body ventura uh this event is still on hiatus hopefully uh, we'll have more word on when it will return uh hopefully by next episode i'll talk to daily 23 about that and see what the status is but it's still on hiatus for now um one event that is ongoing and has really nice active participation is the king of the castle event otherwise known as hail to the king Right now, we have two kings sitting on thrones in the castle. Don't ask how it happened, but it did. One of those kings is our own (laughs) Double Dubs. He is currently at a seven defense streak. He is gunning for uh, Noodle Tupe's 10 challenge win streak. He's within shot of it, and he is facing off against Horgel right now, which is not going to be an easy (sighs) easy challenge for him. Yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to throw it out there. I'm down 0-2, guys. We're oh, looking good boy. in game three, but I'm down 0-2. <laughs> mm. That's the beauty of uh, 
king of the castle, though. Going down two games does not is not necessarily the end of the world for you. It's it's not too hard to come. Back. No, because he got his wins with the strong classes already. So now I get to try to get wins with the strong classes. Getting and, that yep, third win so we'll is the toughest one for sure. Yeah. Um, in Castle yep. B, we have King Daily twenty three facing off against a really another difficult challenger, Rucksack. Uh, so good luck in that challenge. We also have uh, Andalus and myself. Uh, Next in Castle A and B, and we also have a good, it looks like we have about 12 or 13 people in the queue after that. So we've got a nice, healthy queue happening, and it's moving along at a pretty good pace. Again, remember to check out the details for these events in the show notes and also on the um, community events primer on Realms Rising. All of those links are in the show notes. Up next is Chris. Why don't you tell us a little bit about TCL? Yes, TCL, otherwise known as Thandar Combat League, is uh, the beginning of Season 4. Has just kicked off. We announced the Week 1 matchup, so all that is underway. Um, super fun event where you it's ongoing and you have a chance to move from one division to the next as the seasons progress. Uh, vanilla games in that one and just kind of battling it out. It's a, a quick, fun one to sign up for. So this season obviously is uh, all done for signups, but keep an eye out for the next one if you want to get in on that. And then the other event I'll talk about briefly is Survivor, which is run by DeCatz's Meow and is in round 14. And it's uh, been grinding along. We've whittled down to eight competitors. So uh, we'll see what happens next on that one. Over to Sam. Hello, my friends. <laughs> I'm here to talk about the Tavern Brawl, where the drinks are stiff and the heroes are stiffer. Uh, <laughs> leading us off with the Tavern Brawl, we've got the Wild Bunch. Five and oh, the stragglers are in number two, three and two. Decepticons with our from our own dubs, uh, three ooh, and ooh. one. Elven gifts are three and two, and Zoonopia at two and two. Below that are all those poor sacks who can't seem to pull together more than 50%. So I'll leave those for the next community roundup, my friends. Uh, after that, we'll talk about HRPC. Um, signups are coming. Get ready. The event just wrapped up with much success and fanfare. Congratulations to the winners. I think we covered that last time, didn't we? So we will leave it at that. Keep your eyes peeled. Follow the Discord channel. And big props to all the organizers of those events. Let's give a shout out real quick to the Tavern Brawl organizers, Noodle Tulpe and Game Freak, and the HRPC organizer, Rick DeMille Darklighter. Thank you, guys for all your community work. We appreciate it. And with that, here, here. I will pass it back to you, Mr. Jigmastinka. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, that <laughs> wraps up this, this episode's community roundup. As always, uh, check out the rules, sign up links and uh, further details. If you're interested in doing any of these, we're always welcome, welcoming new players. Uh, it's really fun to join these things it's absolutely free and it's a great way to kind of become more engaged in the community so please check that stuff out
Alrighty, everybody. This has been episode 25 of Sparks and Recreation. I want to thank everyone for listening through all of this. Uh, I want to say thank you to all of our patrons and supporters of the podcast and to uh, just all the community members that uh, give input uh, for what we do. We really appreciate it. And uh, it's been a pleasure doing this for this long and uh, hope we can keep doing it for a while longer. Well, thank you guys for having me. It's been awesome uh, joining you guys. And uh, again, Big shout out to everybody in the community contributing with anything, big, small donations. Uh, hit us up. Games are always welcome. And yeah, ideas, crazy ones might not be as crazy as you think. Uh, <laughs> send a shout out or anything if you have any questions on anything. We, yeah, we'll look into it if it's website re- related. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thanks. I feel like Chally is a good segue, and I'll take this opportunity to say thank you first to you, Zabuza. Um, fantastic having you on. Great to get to talk to you, man. Um, you know, getting to put a face and a voice and, you know, having that interaction with someone from the community that you've chatted so much with is always a great thing. So thanks for joining us, dude. We really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for everything you've done with RealmsRising.com. What a great resource. Um Thanks, everyone, for listening. Send your chalice to Scrap Force if you want to play a game. Um, and Especially as always, win. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. As always, <laughs> sign up to HeroHelper.com where you can track your victories or losses to me as we use in those chalices. And uh, this is Double Dubs. Just wanted to echo what Sam had said. This was awesome to have you on, Zabuza, and, and get to know you a bit. It's just like so many awesome people in the community you're absolutely one of them and it, it's just it's Thanks. it's been a really fun uh podcast to do here I get to chill back and mostly uh ask questions about the campaign and stuff so yep. this was a super fun one i'm happy to get to know you and and what the the journey in the realms was like uh we'll give a shout out to the stream at the end here twitch.tv slash double dubs come hang out on wednesdays at 8 30 p.m central i've uh, been having some fun there lately we're gonna be uh hitting up um the beta uh more we took a little bit of a break from the beta so we're gonna be doing alchemist and barbarian there in the new future come check it out come hang great stuff guys yeah i just want to echo your uh sentiments here what a pleasure it's been to have uh, Zabuza uh, Casper held on with us today. He is one of the foundational members of our community. We wouldn't be where we are without him. Huge thanks for everything, man. What a great pleasure to both talk to you and, and see you for, for us doing the uh, video part of the actual recording. <laughs> um, Again, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, really. Just uh, it just brings me such great joy to like you know, connect all these different pieces and people together. And it's just the gift that keeps on giving guys. And hopefully you, you guys, the listeners are enjoying it as well. And what, a, what it's really poetic for episode 25. Here we are. We're a quarter of a century in to the sparks and Ram uh, recreation uh, history here. And a, what a great way to spend the 25th episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Keep playing in the realms. Uh, send us your challenges. Send us your questions. Send us your what would you do's. And until we meet again, keep it rolling in the realms. Fancy, Jake.
to the end of the show. Congratulations. You're a nerd. Tune into the next episode of Sparks and Recreation for more on community events, meta-analysis, and everything Hero Realms. One thing I'll say that I've enjoyed is a little uh, two-handed solo play, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, And that when I play solo, I would recommend ritualistic almost and like relaxing and fun.